You're listening to Living a Vintage Life by Retro Chalet. Thanks for joining. Here's your host, Cindy Fanastock Schaefer. Next up on Living a Vintage Life, we have thrifting and collecting with Ed. Let's get right to that, shall we? Hey there, thanks for listening. And I have my dear friend Ed today, and guess what we're going to be talking about? Matchbox cars. Matchbox cars. <laughs> and this is something I think you might shed a few tears on the subject <laughs> yeah. and tell us why <laughs> well when i was young i had matchbox cars but they weren't a collectible back then at least not to me they were just my toys and i probably had a full case of them probably three dozen and i remember as soon as i opened up the box and put them in the case i threw that box in the trash and now you're <laughs> you're you're saying, why? Why did I do that? But let's think about this. Anyone's toy of today, of 10 years ago, 30 years ago, we get the new Barbie in the box, we rip it out, we throw the box away. We didn't know saving no. the box someday down the road, our little toy is going to be worth something. Nobody knew the box was going to be worth more than the car in many cases. It, it seems that way. From what I'm seeing, if you have no box, you have no dinero. Well, you can get some good money for some good vintage matchbox cars in good condition, That especially if they're unplayed with, um, with no chips or wear at all. But if you have the box with the car... That's a whole nother level. Right. And so it kind of begs the question to me, just in general, you know, you buy the toy for somebody in the box. Back in the day, you bought them this die cast car that came in the box. Now, what is the odds that this toy was not well received or was not well played with, was not removed from the box and was the box shows nowhere and the car has never been touched? I mean, this is extremely rare. Right. I mean, the kids played with them. They, they played with them and played with them. And even if you kept the box, by the time you pulled them in and out of the box a dozen times, the box was going to be all... Dilapidated. Yeah, ratted up and, and not worth anything anyway. So so let's go back to a little bit history of Lesney. Um, you know, and it used to always be when I played with my childhood friend, he had a lot of Lesneys. Um, and I learned from him that they were an uh, English company. Mm -hmm. um, but I never really understand why it was called Lesney until I later looked it up. So it was Leslie and Rodney Smith. So what they decided to do was piecemeal their name together. Right. So the Les, L-E-S, off of Leslie, and the N-E-Y off of the end of Rodney, they <laughs> made the but seriously, you couldn't get much cuter than that with the piecemealing of the name. But also, according to this great website, which I'm going to actually plug in the show notes, something called VintageBritishDieCast.co.uk. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes. They have a lot of great Matchbox history. Um, and what I really learned from them was these two guys were unrelated. They had the same last name, but they were just, you know, buddies who decided to buy this diecast machine. Um, but soon in uh, to their little venture there is Lesney Products. Um, they quickly... Um, knew that they needed somebody who knew how to work the machine, who could do the molding for the different um, toys. So that's where this guy, Jack O'Dell, came in. So really, when you think of early um, Leslie, um, you're going to think of Rodney and Leslie being the Leslie, but then also Jack O'Dell is in the background, actually, uh, in my opinion, being responsible for making the toys come to life. 
And there's this other thing going on in 1948, you know, as they're trying to start the um, elephants that had been in production, um, which was like a tin elephant. Like it kind of looked like the elephant that we see Jumbo the elephant in the um, early circus times. Right. Um, and it was uh, basically the box said Moco Lesney. Which was again a derivative of the of another person's name, and you can pronounce that. I don't even know if I can get this name right, but it's Moses Konstam, uh, a, a German uh, entrepreneur who twisted Moko Toys was actually still named after Moses. But by this rate, in the forties, Moses had been long gone. I mean, he basically started that company in eighteen seventy five. It was then passed down to his kids after he passed, um, and then it was taken over by the nephew Richard. So Richard, and I can't pronounce the last name, actually did the marketing for um, Lesney, and that's why you see a lot of Moko Lesney products like the elephant that we're talking about. Um, one of the interesting concepts here is that they were they were very, very smart because of Moses's ability to package and market the toys. So uh, who it, it remains to be seen who actually came up with the thought that a matchbox car should be packed in a little package that kind of has the blue on the side uh, and then the number on it. But the blue on the side looked like part of a match strip that you would, you know, um, basically, obviously, if you had a matchbox, you would take the take the little, you know, stick and it would the match would light. So this actually this packaging was instrumental i believe in when it said matchbox car because it was like a car that came in a little matchbox and how cute is that mixed together and you see moco lesney on the earliest of early lesney products right on the box it would read moco lesney right and i don't know how that was actually marked or if it was marked on any of the tin toys because i've never actually seen any no. um all i've ever seen is the cute little cars um, so it was associated with them for a while in their early decade of um, initial takeoff, but later by um, the late 50s, early 60s, they were doing all that stuff themselves. Because when I was a kid in the 60s, it was they were very popular. Matchbox was huge. Everybody had Matchbox and uh, they played with them and they collected them and traded them. Right. And it was very cute the way they made the little box. They had an actual picture of the car. Right. Uh, so you knew, you know, what you were getting inside. It was actually like a real picture of the car on the outside, like an illustration almost was as cute as the car itself. Yeah, the graphics were really nice. Yes, really nice. Really nice way they were boxed in a cute little cardboard box. And they were numbered. Like the original series was like 1 to 75 or something like that. So the number one, uh, the first car they ever did was actually not a car at all. That was that road roller? Is that what they yeah, called it? It was like some kind of little tractor. Yeah. But I think it was like more like a steamroller kind of a thing. Yeah. And I mean, really, I think um, when I was reading some of the history that it was by uh, making some die-cast cars. Right. And they took off. And because, they did oh. take off. Mm -hmm. They did take off. And and so I guess um, you said something about, we were talking earlier, you were telling me how to identify earlier or what if we don't have the boxes? Like, what about the wheels? Right. Well, if, if memory serves... The earlier ones had a gray metal wheel, and then as time went on, they went into gray plastic, then they went into the black plastic. So if you see a gray wheel, those are usually the ones that are more sought after, either gray metal or gray plastic, and they usually were the older ones, and um, 
Those are hard to find. I haven't seen those for many a year now. I really haven't. I can. Wow, this is crazy. Like, this is the first I'm ever hearing of this whole wheel debacle. So maybe there is something um, to do with the color coding of the wheels, or maybe it was just a situation where I read um, during the Moco Toys time um, that, believe it or not, um, Leslie was making some of the toys. But then another company was making some of the toys. And I'll actually link that website in the um, show notes about the whole Moco Lesney history because it's quite confusing. So I was really not sure if this company number three was making anything that actually was for Matchbox. Um, so or I mean for Lesney, you know, so it, it was a little confusing to me. I can find some of the older ones with the black wheels, but now you're getting into the later 60s. Okay. So, so obviously, you know, with any car, there's different runs and there's different identifying features. And that's what makes car collecting in general, you know, so difficult. Um, They're endless because there's so many variations, so many colors, so many remakes. Um, I think we actually read an article um, online and it was talking about like the top 10 most expensive um, matchbox cars. And what I what I didn't understand when I typed in that same car, um, you know, it, it was only $20 on the internet. And then I realized these things have been remade, made again, made a third time, made, made a fourth time and different colors, um, different wheels, different windows, yeah. you know, different combinations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really collecting, even though uh, Leslie wasn't in business, quote unquote, as long as some, um, you know, collecting is pretty much endless. Oh yeah, and the variety, you can get you could get cars that would have different tones of the same color. Then one thing comes to mind, there was a taxi cab that produced that was produced in the 60s, and if I remember they had five different shades of yellow for this taxi. And apparently one of them is the more sought after shade. So you kind of really have to know what you're what you have. You have to do your research because you might have the yellow that's really popular or sought after versus the one that's you know very common right and this could happen for a couple different things this could have been an intentional thing or this could have been a situation where they made one run with one color paint then by the time they made the second run of the vehicle they couldn't get that paint or there were shortages and they had to go like a hue off i see this a lot with toys Mm -hmm. and then people are like oh well the brighter yellow is less uh, popular than the darker yellow. There's a million darker yellows, but only 20,000 lighter yellows. Right. So I want to collect the lighter yellow. So, right. yeah. so this is all factors as well. Um, the car that I was talking about, I can't even say the car. I think it's Majerius Dutes. It's like a, a, a Dutch or an English type of actual tractor. I want to say it's like, it's like a, a crane. It's like a a truck with this crane uh, in the end. So it's spelled M like Mary, A-G-I-R-U-S. And the last name is spelled D like David, E-U-T-Z. For all intents and purposes, it was the style of the Lesney car number 30B. 30B like boy. But if you look that up right now, you'll see that it wasn't just produced in 1961, which is the one that's worth 10 grand or has sold I should say as much as 10 grand I don't know if it's still worth 10 grand but one did sell a guy bought it at a flea market for 10 bucks sold it for 10 grand Mm -hmm. another car sold for 13 grand I assume that particular model was mint 
in the box, uh, untouched, maybe un- unplayed with, right. no creases in the box. Right. I would assume it was high end. Um, but if you look them up now, you see them on eBay or Etsy for $200, $45. And then I was like, well, why? But then when I really read into it, they were reproduced in 1961 series, 1962, 1963, 1964, and, and so on and so forth. And again, we get into the different shades, the different hues. So, you know, all of this is very important. Yeah. And no matter what, again, condition is everything. So if you find an older matchbox, even if it's not the $13,000 one, if it's in good condition and it has a box, it's probably worth a pretty uh, penny. Yeah. Especially if you just get it for a couple bucks at a yard sale. Right. And so I, I guess then, like as a general rule of thumb, something that's unboxed wouldn't be worth something that is boxed because remember people want the boxes so they may do the whole marriage effect where they have a really nice car Mm -hmm. but their box is trashed so now they're trying to find a matching box and sometimes you will find just an empty box The, the car got lost got got thrown away damaged ruined and for some reason the box stayed in some drawer somewhere for years and the next thing you know, you're at a sale and somebody's got some empty boxes and they might think they're just nothing but empty boxes. But, you know, if you got them and you and they were in good shape and you put them online and somebody's going to marry it up with, uh, with a car, car that needs right. a box, they'll they might pay some nice money. Right. So now, like if you were wanted to start a vintage um, matchbox collection, you would want to obviously. It's more sought after for the ones that say Moco Lesney because they're the earlier ones. Right. But then you get into just the Lesney products. And I'm not saying that they're any more or less expensive because you can get some of those in the original box and they oh, are yeah. also worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Especially if, if they're in good condition. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, like for $90, I saw on Etsy that they literally have a, a collection of 12 vintage Matchbox cars, they're played with. They have little chips, a little cracks, a little, you know, here and there. But for a starter set for $90, that's really not bad if you're starting a collection of early vintage Lesneys. Right, because you can't get them anymore. Right, you can't get them anymore. Now, there were no original boxes with that lot. Um, but, you know, I have seen with the original box 200 and some dollars on some models and mm. makes. Oh, yeah. Easy. Now, I wonder how much value you're losing just in a box that, like you say, you've opened and closed a million times, and now the little tabs have fallen off. Now, say they're present, but they've fallen off. Well, I'd still hold on to them. Right. Because you never know. uh, uh, A box that's worn is better than no box at all. Right. And if I was selling a box like that, I would not tape it. I would sell it as is with the two flaps and let the person buying it decide what they're going to do with it. Because you may be a collector who wants to try to glue it back together or shellac it back together. Or you may be a collector who just will keep the tabs as is. Or you may be a collector who will tape it. But that's up to the collector. And don't assume just because it looks worn that it's not valuable because it could still be very valuable. Right. And the irony of this whole situation is... Um, you know, for so many of the early years, Matchbox was a UK company competing with Hot Wheels over here in America. Right. And for for whatever reason, kids of America wanted the UK cars and wanted to play with these cars. I mean, they all together look different. Uh, in my opinion, 
they were more, and no offense to, to Mattel, but in my opinion, they were more detailed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I just seem to like them better. Well, especially because the cars that they made were older model cars. So they, they did look very different from Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, if I remember correctly, Hot Wheels came in uh, in, the, in the late mid, mid to late 60s. And when they came in, they had a more sports car look. They didn't right. have Right, they're that. more race cars, yeah. sports cars. Yeah. Like, say you had a Camaro, whereas with the Lesney, you might have you know, an old, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It was definitely more of a vintage style, more general store look. Right. Uh, in fact, they actually um, had a store later on, which I was surprised to see, like a little home store, which kind of went with the cars. But it's like a playset. Yeah, like a little playset. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what really kills me is they ended up, I guess, Ugh. getting sold to their competitor. Right, Mattel. Mattel. So now, uh, earlier <laughs> earlier on, you had the Moco Lesney, then you had the Lesney, who was competing with Mattel and doing well, but then you had Mattel bite them up. Mm. So now that poses a whole new thing of collecting. So so now you have the people that just want to collect the Moco Lesney, the people that will collect the Lesney products, and then the people who will actually get into the later end of things when Lesney was produced by Mattel. Well, and I think when, when Mattel took over, uh, both Hot Wheels and Matchbox just kind of exploded. They were exploded. so mass produced. I mean, unbelievable. Just endless, endless varieties yes i mean you would need two houses to collect every single model type and color that they make carded and uncarded etc etc but the thing is that doesn't mean that they're not um that they're not worth money because certain runs certain numbers yes. um more you know, limited more limited mm -hmm. and then they got into other lines like they made the super fast that yeah, the Matchbox. This was still in the um, in the '60s, I believe. They would they came out with the super fast line, which were a little faster because they had the low friction wheels. They they actually moved faster. Matchbox produced other things like the Yesteryear line, which was a line of antique cars. Uh, I had a few of those, maybe a dozen at the most, but they would be like old Model Ts, Fords, and and Packards and things like that. They were right. interesting, but yeah, the models of Yesteryear looked more. Um, I don't know. For some reason, they remind me of those little tin, you know, yeah. um, pencil sharpeners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know why, right. but uh, they they fell apart easy. I yeah, think. well, they came apart. Yeah, they, the 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 roof would come off, the seats would come out, the spare tires would come off. So, they, oh, that was like part of the was, toy. Yeah, it was oh. part of. Yeah, I think it was part of the the thing. You could play with it and do things with it, but you know, you really you, you didn't. I don't remember treating the yesteryear cars like you did the regular cars because you didn't race them around. Like right, exactly. So so obviously nothing beats the original, nothing beats the originals, period. Um, you know. Well, they also made some, I did like this, they made a line called King Size, which were really larger cars. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? Yeah, like a like, larger double-decker bus. What are they feeding bus? this Matchbox car? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they were that had a few of those, but and they and they're popular. They came in very interesting cases. Their their cases, like the smaller boxes that the matchbox cars came in, were just solid cardboard boxes. But with the, like lithographs yeah, on the front. On the front. Yeah. But the but the king size, uh, they had a set like a cellophane window that you could see the car inside the big box. Oh nice, yeah, nice. Interesting. Um and I actually I don't I don't know if I'm mistaken, but I could have sworn I saw like a key. 
a keyhole in one of those king size. It was a taxi. And I couldn't figure out why this like keyhole mechanism was on it. I don't remember that. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. going to have to look that up yeah. or cut it out. No, you know, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> but the other thing that if you, if you collect matchbox, you also had a matchbox case. You had had oh. at least one. Now this begs the question that, you know, I'm wondering if they made their original cases. Um, and I don't know enough about them. I do know they came out a lot when Mattel took over because, you know, Hot Wheels cases were a huge thing. And the Matchbox case looks just like the Hot Wheels case, you know, with the original mm -hmm. strap and they're mm -hmm. made of plastic and the mm -hmm. four trays or the two trays. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I wonder what kind of cases there were originally back in the, you know, early, I want to say late 50s, early 60s. Well, I got my case in the at least probably the mid 60s and it was vinyl. Okay. And it had a graphics of a Matchbox car on the front. Mine was, uh, it was, uh, it folded out. It was like a double decker. It folded out. It held four trays of 12, I believe. And it had like a clear plastic window over each of the cases. When you put them, when you would slide them into the case, you could see through. Oh, that's interesting. To see what, so it was a little cars. bit different than the yeah. way that the Hot Wheels cases were made. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it was the early 80s when they actually got bought out by Mattel. So It was 80, no, it was um, 97. You think so? I, think, I thought it was in the 80s. No, I thought it was my... Oh, I, I guess my we'll have to fact my, check that yeah. so we're not spreading disinformation and yeah. misinformation. But yeah, when they... Now, the Hot Wheels cases, like I remember the Hot Wheels cases, it was like uh, one of the popular cases was a wheel. It was in the shape of a wheel. Oh, yes, and, yes. But I don't yes. remember. Darn them for buying Leslie. I, I don't. I don't remember Matchbox <laughs> having that kind. Matchbox was always like a square vinyl case, either like right. one level or two levels. Right. And again, it goes back to the simplistic factor. I remember, like even um, like when you collected the Star Wars figures, you could get the case in the shape of Darth Vader's head, right. <laughs> which I had. But I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, Leslie was very basic, very simple. We went from yeah. cardboard boxes to little vinyl square cases. So you know, I think the simplicity of the toy also oh, is yeah. what drives people. And I also, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel um, like if I had a few to sit in the window of Matchbox, they don't look as gaudy as the Hot Wheels cars. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but mm -hmm. I have a little refreshments. Uh, it says refreshments on it. It's mm -hmm. a little pop-up food trailer mm -hmm. by Lesney. No. Um, you know, and I got that because, of course, my husband was in food, and it's really cute, and I have that on display in my desk. Mm -hmm. It's like a little carnival tree. It's yeah. adorable, yeah. you know? And I'm thinking, like, these are just altogether different looking. And, you know, my stepfather used to have a train garden, and yeah. uh, it was the right scale mm -hmm. that he ha was able to, to put some of the Lesney Matchbox cars mm. on there. But when he would put a Hot Wheels on there, it looked a little too big. So I think it was mm. just the scaling or the way it was made. Mm. I, I don't know. But it just blended more with the with the trains. Well, you know, as far as looks, the Matchbox had more of a vintage look. Yes. So talking about living a vintage life. I mean, that's... And that's probably why I like yeah, it so much. <laughs> probably. Because the Hot Wheels were like roadsters. They were slicked up roadsters, race yeah, cars. And it was a whole yeah. new generation. Yeah. Right. I mean, they did do some vintagey stuff, but it just wasn't the the same way that they were fabricated. The die cast was fabricated. Right. Oh, yeah. And the qu quality. I mean, Leslie made great stuff. I mean, have, you know, the kids played with them and played with them. And of course, after, over a while, they, they would get wear and scratches and stuff. But 
but they they could take a beating. Right, exactly, Mm -hmm. and keep on going. (laughs) So I guess the moral of the story is, if you want to start getting into collecting, you know, maybe maybe buy yourself a lot of old Lesneys, do your research, and then you know try to find some boxes and and you know maybe go that route and you know something fun for the kids to play with. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't collect them, at least right now, if you ever see them out and they're old and they're in a box and they're in good shape. Better don't, scarf them up. Don't let them go. Don't let us hear that you had one for a dollar and let it go. Because <laughs> right. yeah. you could be the next $10,000 uh, winner. <laughs> hey, it, it, I could be. Cheaper than buying a lottery ticket, that's yeah, for sure. Right. Which we and, don't condone gambling at all. And more of a short Only thing. Only when you're talking vintage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's we a good always, show. Yeah, it is a good show. <laughs> vintage lottery tickets. It didn't win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my. And there's just so much humor here on the show there today. Yeah. <laughs> It's always fun having Ed on the show. I love him co-hosting with me. Um, and just to let you know, I did fact check our ourselves here. In May 1992, Lesney sold the brand to Tyco Toys. Okay, and that was in 1992. But then the toy company, um, the d- toy division actually was bought by Mattel in 1997. So it took a very long time for Mattel to actually snatch up and grab Lesney products. Um, so that's interesting to know. And I'm very curious to know if between 1992 and 1997, um, any Lesneys were made under the Tyco brand. So I don't know this information, maybe a matchbox or uh, collector would. But anyways, it's been great fun doing the episode today. Hopefully you will give us a thumbs up, like, or share so we can continue talking vintage and make sure you are are living a vintage life today and always. Thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you next time. For all you vintage junkies who shop Retro Chalet, make sure to use coupon code RETRO10 when checking out so you save 10% on your order.